0: Amen. You may be seated this evening. So glad to see every one of you uh, tonight. What a joyful time it is to celebrate uh, the, the real meaning of Christmas, and that is, of course, Jesus Christ. My name is Mike Mazie. Uh, if I've not had opportunity to meet you, uh, just to let you know that, I'm one of the elders here, and uh, just a joyful time, for sure, to have us all here. So I'm going to start out uh, the message this morning, by, or this morning, this evening, doesn't that happen all the time? It's kind of funny, right? Uh, this evening, uh, by asking a question, okay? I'm going to test your uh, e-knowledge, your, your knowledge of the net, okay? We'll see how true, technologically savvy you are. Are you ready? This isn't going to be a hard one, okay? Ready? Raise your hand if you have heard of Ancestry.com. OK, some of you are, you know, OK. still got the flip phone? Uh, OK, keep your hands up. Come on, you've heard of Ancestry.com. OK. All right. now keep your hands up if you have ever gone to the website. Wow, kind of fell off. OK, keep your hands still raised if you have ever subscribed to any one of their services. That is, you have done some research and whatnot. OK? We have one, two,. Three people that are infatuated with history. Okay, great. Awesome. No, great. You can put your hands down. Interesting, right? Seems kind of like a a boring thing on the surface to go to Ancestry.com and find out uh, details about uh, past history of people that may or may not make a historical difference, but if you really begin to think about it, it's actually quite fascinating. It's a fascinating thing to dig deeper into our history Our personal history Uh, I'm sure you probably uh, know this but history shapes our sense of identity my kids ask me all the time tell me a story when you were a little boy why in the world would they be interested at all about things that went on in my life as a little boy because history digging into their past uh, and their parents past informs their sense of identity and if you go to the website, this is exactly what Ancestry.com is selling. Right? If you go there, some of you have already gotten there on your smartphones, maybe even now. You go to Ancestry.com, it, the site right on the front says this Discover what makes you uniquely you. That'll sell, right? Discover. What makes you uniquely you? And so clicking on that kind of link, uh, it connects you to the history of your family and the cell the is, because they know this is how we think, the cell is that if you trust us and click this link and pay this amount of money, we'll help you discover who you are. We'll help you see who you are uniquely. Tonight, We believe with all of our heart, we're here for this reason, that Christmas is about Jesus. And tonight, on Christmas Eve, uh, we're going to look at the Bible. So grab your Bibles, Matthew chapter 1. If it's too difficult to read because of the lighting, by all means, follow along on the television screens. We're going to take a look at Jesus' family. We're going to take a look at his genealogy. Some of you just got really tired, right? Right? We're going to take a look at a list of names that what? If you think of the stories, they're going to tell us what makes Jesus uniquely who he is. Okay, And at the same time, as we understand who Christ uniquely is, we're going to have a deeper understanding of what, what Christmas is. Okay, So Matthew chapter 1, we're going to read verses 1 through 17. Follow along with me. And Ram, the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon, the father of Salmon, and Salmon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab, and Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, the king. And David was the father of Solomon, by the wife of Uriah. And Amos, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers, at the time of the deportation to Babylon. Verse 12, and after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel was the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel, the father of Abiud, and Abiud, the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim, the father of Azor. And Azor, the father of Zadok. And Zadok, the father of Achim. And Achim, the father of Eliud. And Eliud, the father of Eleazar. And Eleazar, the father of Mathan. And Mathan, the father of Jacob. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So... All the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. This is the word of the Lord. And all of God's people said, Amen, amen. Everyone say, whew. <laughs> whew. So we got through the names, right? And I know what you're thinking. Man, of all the scripture passages for Mike to pick for Christmas Eve, this one, really the most exciting of all events that have happened in human history, or at least one of them, uh, chronicled in the Bible, this is the one that Mike picks for Christmas Eve. Could we not have found something a little bit more exciting, maybe a little bit more relevant to what we're dealing with today? Some of you thinking that? Maybe you're just wondering, Man, I'm just so glad he's through those names. Right? It, it seems interesting, right? That I would pick this particular passage. But really, when we're looking at this list of names, uh, as boring as they may seem on the surface, we begin to dig a little bit more into the story and the details about these particular people. We begin to see that there's actually something significant taking place in a family, in human history. This is a recording of a real family, real human history. And Matthew is trying to tell us something very significant and specific about who Jesus is in this long list of names. He's giving us three designations right in verse 1. So if you look at verse 1, you'll see the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Right, The word Christ there is not his last name. Right? Like Mike Mazie, the, the book of the genealogy of Mike Mazie. Mazie would be my last name. It would tell you the family from which I come. Right? It's my last name. But when we read the words, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, Christ is not Jesus' last name. That is a title. And that title goes back in time into the midst of a history of Israel where these people were expecting an anointed king to come into the world. This anointed king would have that, God's seal and anointing upon him. right? So this Messiah, and the tracing back the expectation of the Messiah coming into the world, goes all the way back to the original family, which isn't even mentioned here. The original family, where Adam and Eve fall in the Garden of Eden, they disobey God, and they fall. God gives him a word of hope, which says, There will be one day a a, a serpent crusher, right? The serpent, the, the offspring of the woman will be at at, at um, enmity with the offspring of um, Yeah, I'm I'm losing track here. The point is is that there would be a ruler, a, a king that would crush the serpent, right? So the expectation of a messiah that would come. Has been long standing. It's through this family line. The next thing that he says is uh, Matthew calls Jesus not just the Messiah, but the son of David, right? Uh, interestingly enough, guess what? I'm the son of David. Is David here? I thought I saw David here. There's the real David, right? So the, the son of David, there he is waving. So again, that he's the son of David, who cares? Who cares that Jesus is the son of David, right? I'm the son of David, but it's a little bit different, right? When you look at the David here in this genealogy, we're talking about David, the king of Israel, who was chosen by God, a man after his own heart, uh, to to lead the people of Israel, who was the exact uh, antithesis of Saul, who was leading Israel. And so God came and he chose David, he said, David... Uh, I'm going to make a promise to you. I'm going to make a promise to you. While David was sitting on this throne with the kingdom uh, united and all of his enemies being conquered, and in a time of peace, David says, I know, I'm going to do something for God. I'm going to do something for God. I'm going to make him a house that he can live in. Could you imagine that? And then God says, no, no, no. What makes you unique what makes this family special is not what you're going to do, David, but what I'm going to do. And he goes on to make a promise, and he says, I will build for you a house, he says, declares the Lord. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, and who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And so when Matthew is saying, this is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, what he's saying is that this Jesus is the son of David. He is the long-awaited, anointed king. He is the Messiah. Right. What makes this family unique and this passage significant is that it's highlighting for us uh, the, the promise of, the covenant that God made with with David. So Jesus is that, the long-awaited Messiah. But he not just calls him the son of David, he calls him the son of Abraham. And again, on the surface, we may say, who cares? He's the son of David. He's the son of Abraham, right? But again, if we dig deeper into the story and understand the promise that God made to Abraham, that it has eternal significance for every single one of us sitting in this room. That the promise made millennia before today to a man named Abraham has such implication for every one of our eternal destinies. That's what Christmas is all about. The promise that God made to David and the promise that God made to Abraham that he is now fulfilling. He told Abraham that I'm going to make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And he goes on to say that through your offspring, through a son of yours, the whole world would receive my blessing. And so calling Jesus the son of David, calling Jesus the son of Abraham, he is clearly saying that Jesus is the long-awaited King. I want you to see that. That in Christmas we're celebrating the coming of a king. Now in 2017 almost, America, we don't really think about kings and queens and monarchs and and such. But you have to see that what God's intention was for the world was to raise up a ruler who would rule justly and with righteousness, who would rule with mercy. Who would rule over his people with perfection. And that rule would last throughout all eternity. And through that same ruler. Every crave of the human heart. Would be fulfilled and satisfied. In the person of his son Jesus Christ. Jesus is the fulfillment of every single one. Of God's covenant promises. We're celebrating that tonight and tomorrow. Promises have been kept god said i would send a king and in jesus he's sending the king god said that in this king all of the enemies of god would be defeated all that oppresses us in the world would face defeat so when jesus comes that's exactly what the world gets and then of course in the person of jesus we receive all the blessing of god an eternal blessing for every man, woman, and child, regardless of economic status or ethnicity, that you, yes, you, O residents of Onondaga County and beyond, yes, you are recipients of the blessing of God in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas. So if God has sent this king, that if all of God's enemies have faced defeat, and that if the, the world has been blessed What we can say today, without any question in our mind, is that God is a faithful God. That He has made a promise long ago in history, in the midst of a family. He has promised to give the world what it needed to save them and to provide a king who would rule forever and bless every man, woman, and child. And that person is this child that is born on Christmas Day, Jesus Christ. God is faithful to keep every one of his covenant promises to his people. That's what we're celebrating. He's not let us down. He's not made a promise that he cannot keep. He made a promise to a family. And he kept it. And the question really for us is this. What is the appropriate response to such faithfulness? Right? We spend the next day or two doing what? Giving. We're in some ways maybe buying into the the silliness of consumerism, yes. We may not want to admit it, but yet at the same time, there's also something beautiful and wonderful about our giving. It's a reflection of the generosity of God, right? We're representing that to one another. When we sacrifice and we give of ourselves and we think of others, it's a representation of what God did in sending his son into the world. He gave generously. He made a promise to do so, and He did it. He does not abandon. He does not let down. And so God is truly being generous, and so how does one respond to a gift being extended, such a gift like this? It's real simple. You receive it. You can't earn this gift. Right? That would no longer be a gift. You can't buy this gift. That would no longer be a gift. But when we look at what God has done in keeping all of His promises in setting forth for us His King, His blessing, the question becomes, what do we do? How do we respond to it? We receive it. And here's the radical thing about what God has done for all those who receive this gift. John talks about it. Maybe a verse that you know. Maybe a verse that you've memorized. For all those who received Him. And what that means is this. Those who believed in His name. He gave the right To become children of God. That those who receive the gift. That is. Those that believe in the name of Jesus. Who see him as the Christ. As the son of God. As the sacrifice. For their sin. Who see him for what he is. The very faithfulness of God. The fullness of the grace of God. The blessing of God of the world. Those who see it. And receive that gift humbly, by faith, that the Bible teaches that they are literally brought in, tethered to, born of God. They now live in the family of God. Those who received Him, those who believed in His name, they have the right to become children of of God. You see, Jesus may be the last name in the list of these family members. But he has the prominent place in the midst of this family. He's the Messiah. He's the son of David, the son of Abraham. He is the one who holds the most prominent place in the family of God. And those who place their faith in him, guess what? God... Makes a place for them in his family. And that's what we're celebrating tonight, right? Christmas has so many connotations with family. Truth is, good or bad, right? When we think about the comfort and the peace and the joy of family, we easily begin to think about special time uh, with our family. And yet at the same time, some of us may have very different memories, right? It it can drum up a whole set of emotions like like discouragement and, and pain and hurt and sorrow and discord and maybe even separation. So yes, it draws up images of family, but also can be very sorrowful and difficult. And what we see here, that no matter where we fall on that emotional spectrum, That no matter where we come from, no matter what struggles we've had, no matter how much pain that we've walked through, no matter how great it's been in this earthly life, that there is no gift like Jesus and there's no family like the family of God. That those who place their faith in Christ have a place in the family of Christ. And that is a wonderful gift that no thing in this world can give you that you cannot find on any shelf at Walmart, Somebody say amen to that. Some of you were at Walmart today, you're a little angry still. But this gift of family, right? That's what we see, this covenant promise is in Christ and it gives you a covenant place in the family of God. And Galatians goes on to even take it another step further. As it says, for in Christ Jesus, you're all sons of God through faith. In verse 29 of chapter 3, And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. Don't minimize the truth of this, that when you place your faith and hope in Jesus, when you see him for who he is and receive the gift, the real meaning of Christmas, that you're given a place in the family of God. You literally become an offspring of Abraham. What an awesome, awesome thing. That so many of us crave, if we think about it, that when the TVs and the gadgets and the, and the clothes and the this or that, when it's all said and done, those, those, the moth destroys it, rust kills it, it's all going to be old in a year. But at the end of the day, what people really long for is to be a part of an everlasting redeemed family, where they feel the true sense of joy and comfort and security And a sense of belonging. And this is the beauty of the gospel. This is exactly what Jesus has secured for us. All those who place their faith in him. While this family may remain remain nameless. I think it's important for that. There was a family that we had interacted with over the last week or so. That uh, shared a little bit of a story. It's a family that has recently and sadly enough gone through a separation and a divorce, and, and the father has, has, has uh, been unfaithful and is, is no longer there, and it, it's just a mess, and you can imagine the, the children being left and the difficulty that that brings. And the powerful thing that was, was the story that was shared uh, with us was this, is that one of the children, crying and weeping, ran to the mother and said, Mommy, crying, can you go get us another daddy? You can imagine, right, that again revealing this deep crave for a father. This this deep uh, yearning for true connection and belonging and covering and protection and provision. And that really gets at the heart of all of us in this broken world that live in the midst of sin and suffering and difficulty. That Christmas is about the fact that God has kept every one of his promises so far As to provide for us the means by which we can be included in the family of God. That Jesus is the one that answers that crave and that prayer. That he has provided for us. A perfect, eternal, uh, merciful, just Father in heaven. Is there any greater gift than that? That to know that from a spiritual perspective. That if we were to go quote-unquote, online, and if we were to go to our spiritualancestry.com, and if we were to type in our names, and if if the gospel were to shape the answer, the truth of what Christ is and what he's done, and what Christmas is all about, if we were to look online and see, yeah, this is what the gospel has done to tell me what makes me uniquely me. It... You would see yourself in the line and lineage of the people of promise. That you, those who have embraced Christ by faith, would find themselves as an offspring of Abraham. Included in the covenant. Included in the people of promise. Tell me there's a better gift than that, people. To appropriate and to receive and to experience the eternal joy of being a part of the family of God forever. So if you know and believe in Jesus Christ, guess what? Remember Christmas, that he gave you a place in the family. And if you don't know Jesus, if you've never heard the son of David, the son of Abraham, the long-awaited king, come into the world, our plea with you is this. Place your faith in Christ. Trust in Him. And come on into the family. The eternal family that God has marked with promise. Amen? Amen. That's really what Christmas is about. Family. The way in which God made His own family. I will be their people. I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Right, We are His. He is ours. And the, the incarnation, the coming of Jesus into the world is the way that that truth, that gospel reality became real and effective. Place your faith in Jesus and God will place you in His family. Amen? Let's pray. Our Father, we have scratched the surface of what it really means to understand the depth of Christ, of Jesus, of your covenant, of your promise that you've made. We've read your word, we've scratched the surface about your faithfulness to us. And yet even as we scratch the surface... I pray that you would go deep into our heart that the truth of Christmas the truth of Christ would be deep into the hearts of every man, woman and child in this room that they would see Christ as the fulfillment of all of your promises that they would see Christ as their King that they would see Christ as the source of all blessing that He is their joy that He is their love that He is their hope I pray that you would draw all of us here tonight. If there's anybody here today that in any way, shape, or form is distracted in their focus about what this day really is about, we pray that you would bring us all to this place. That the gift that has been wrapped and given is nothing more, nothing less than Jesus. And as we open up that gift and begin to see it and trust it and embrace it, we realize that what this means is that we are your children. And no sin, no imperfect performance can take it away, but that faith binds us to the family. So help us to believe, help us to trust. And for those here whose memories are still seared by pain, I pray you heal them. I pray that Christ would heal them and give us all a sense of hope. In Jesus' name.